What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week, it's the end of season extravaganza. We are 100% British, but absolutely still 100% Giants. Kev Palm make this week, so it's Dan, Shane and producer Craig to look back at not just the Eagles game, but also the 2022 season as Big Blue came up short in Philadelphia on a Saturday night to bring the curtain down on what was, quite frankly, an extremely positive exciting year wouldn't you say lads how we doing yeah not bad uh, a few days out now from that uh, unfortunate result and you know as disappointing as it is you know you've got to look back on the season with a little bit of pride and you know optimism for the the future um, of the New York Giants and we're, we've got the right people at the helm yeah Sunday was tough um, after staying up till half four you know UK time and then getting up early um, for a certain something that we'll mention later. Um, it was a long old day and, um, I mean, I was a bit mopey, I'll admit. I don't think the family meal was really the best of environments for me on a Sunday. But um, as Shane said, we should be proud. We should be proud of the team and what they achieved this season. And it's, um, you know, I've perked up as the week's gone and and now I can kind of look back with a bit of fondness, I think. Yeah, man, I think we were, we were saying before we came on, I think it got to the fourth quarter of the game and I was like, I think the uh, the disappointment had actually gone and it was a case of, it is what it is. We've lost the game. They were the better team, as, dis- as painful it is losing to the Eagles. They were the better team and uh, let's move on to next season because there's no point dwelling on it. Yeah, it's annoying, it's frustrating and it's never nice seeing them win and win convincingly on this occasion, but never mind. Um it's like I said, overall, it's been a, a really, really positive year. And, you know, Shane predicted the loss, obviously. It was very disappointing. It ended the season. But what an improvement compared to the last two years we've had. Um, and so we're moving in the right direction, you know. And with year two of the Shane and Dable project coming to our screens very, very soon, uh, we've got a lot to look forward to, you know, this coming off season and moving into the season come September as well. So, yeah, not 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 the best end to the season we could have hoped for, but at the end of the day, we made the playoffs and we couldn't have asked for anything more, really. Uh, before we look ahead, it's the final time this year that we'll really be looking back. Um, as as we said, as we all know, obviously the team travelled to the link in the NFC Divisional game on Saturday where stakes were high. Expectation was brimming as well, but ultimately it all sort of came down to came crashing, crashing down, and we ended up sort of ending the season on on a bit of a sour note as we were outdone yet again by our NFC East rivals. Um, it just wasn't meant to be, was it? Um, the Giants really never got going on either side of the ball, and by halftime, the game was over. It was twenty eight nothing at halftime, wasn't it? So. Yeah, not a great first half and 
after that is essentially just playing for pride, really. And but we got the comfort knowing that we're in good hands with Shane and Coach Dable moving forward. Yeah, it's um, it's it's that it's funny enough. It's the first time in Giants history that we've lost three games to the same opponent in the same season, and I mean. Let's be honest, when you look at this game, we were all relative, you know, I think we were blinded by optimism beforehand. And when you actually look back at it, that Eagles team is bloody good and they are just better than us in in a few positions. Um, And we'll close the gap eventually. You know, as always happens with the NFL, no two seasons are the same. Look at the Jags last year and the Jags this year. Um, Look at us last year and and us this year. You know, that is, is a testament to to how the NFL works and, and the way that it's structured with the draft. So, yeah, not all doom and gloom. I mean, the worst thing is the fact that, uh, you know, it kind of you look at the draft uh, the draft order and you're like, damn, the Eagles have got a top, a ten, top 10 pick. That picked <laughs> and you're like, you know, on one hand, you think they've gone all in on this season and, you know, the players are signing free agency and the contract, the cap situation and that, but then they've got a top 10 pick and, you know, they're either going to get a really, really good player from that or they're going to trade back. And, you know, unfortunately, they're not in that position just yet where they might be losing a lot of talent. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say they've gone all in on this season. I've, I still think they've uh, they've got some things to come for the future. You know, like you said, they've got that top 10 pick and, you know, there's some long term deals. There's some long term contracts they've got in that team. And they've got some very exciting young players as well, still in their sort of first and second year of their rookie deal as well. So the, the future's looking bright for them, but the future's also looking bright for us as well. But unfortunately, though, the future's not looking particularly bright for the Dallas Cowboys, is it? Hey, mate, them boys. How about them boys? See, it's a circle of life when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, being a Dallas Cowboys fan. It gets to this point in the season where they're so confident, and what happens? They choke. Dak Prescott, he chokes. Tony Romo, he chokes. So it's just part and parcel of being a Cowboys fan. You can't expect to get beyond, you know, divisional, maybe even a championship game if they ever get there. But I laughed on Sunday when they lost the game. And that last play, I mean, we, we again, we were talking about it beforehand. That last play, just what the hell happened on that? It was brilliant. It was more just, it was just great sitting there watching it and laughing and just being an absolute shock as a, what the hell just happened? But that's enough about the Eagles and the Cowboys. Let's talk talk Giants. Uh, There is no big blue breakdown today because we don't really want to dwell any more on the game uh, than we have done. Um, But was it just the case that the Eagles were the better team? Were we outcoached? Was it both? What happened? What went wrong? I I personally think it's just a magnitude of everything. I said said last week on, on the episode that uh, I thought it was going to be a step too far for us. And one of the reasons for that was I thought we had those few too many mistakes in us and some of the mistakes we're going to talk about um, in the key moments. But, you know, if you look at Philly's football, I'd say it was flawless. There, there wasn't any mistakes that I can kind of recall, uh, whereas we had mistakes, whether it was mistakes on the field or mistakes from coaching, mistakes from players not doing their job properly. There, there was them mistakes I mentioned last week that I felt that we just had one or two too many that you couldn't get away with against a team like Philadelphia. 
Yeah, I think it also comes down partially to the personnel. I mean, again, as Shane said, we're we'll getting into that in a minute when we have a look at our key moments. But if you match up the personnel on a, you know, 20, all 22 kind of basis, our offence versus their defence, our defence versus their offence, I think they just have more playmakers at the key positions than what we have right now. Um, I'm not saying that the players aren't there. I just don't think they are at the level that the Eagles players are. And um, it, it it kind of, as good as the season was, it showed how much we potentially overachieved at times this season. Yeah, man. I think it, the I mean the Eagles are the better team. You know, Nick Sirianni and the and the coaching staff outcoached ours as much as I hate Nick Sirianni even more after that game. Um, and yeah, it was just it was a lot to ask for for this Giants team to go into um, into the Philly and, and beat them not just in any game but in the division round of the playoffs. You know, it was a lot to ask, and I think you know we we had high expectations going into last weekend, but rightly so because we were coming off the back of a huge win in Minnesota you know, the week before and a really sort of positive end to the season. So expectation was high, but. You know, I don't think it was unjust, you know, for that expectation to be high because it's the playoffs and anything can happen. Um, but yeah, for me, we just could not stop the run. Um, the run defense just failed to show up essentially. 268 yards, 44 carries, 6.1 yards a carry, three touchdowns. Um, three of the obviously three of the five touchdowns were on the ground. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell combined for over 200 yards between them. And of course, it wouldn't be the Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Giants if Boston Scott didn't get his token touchdown against us. So, yeah, run game absolutely destroyed us. And obviously the fact that they, they ran the ball so well, it just, it ran the clock down so much and it just didn't really give us much of a chance to get back into it in the second half. Um, you know, the, the, the sole score that we ended up getting was off the back of a three and out from them. So it was, you know, we then we had time on our side, but then they just, again, pounding the rock and just ran the clock down and didn't really give us a chance. But that's nothing new because our run defence this year has been, in essence, extremely poor. Um, so what do you guys think has been the biggest contribution to our run D being so bad this year? For me, it probably have to be kind of the depth behind Dexter Lawrence, Um you know, as, as great as he is, the depth behind him is not great. Obviously, we lost DJ Davidson, um, the game in London, due to uh, ACL, I think it was. Um, but then, was it Justin Ellis who got clotheslined um, in, in one play? You know, if, if, that happened, if that's Dexter, that do, that play doesn't happen. But then even if they do get past Dexter, we've, got, we've probably got, in my opinion, one of, if not the worst linebacker core in the league right now. We've got, like, you know, We've got we've got rid of Tay Crowder, who's Mr. Irrelevant. We've got people that we've picked up on off uh, waiver wire, Landon Collins. Obviously, we've moved up into the box. Gerard Davis, we've uh, picked up on free agency. And we've just got nothing there. And, you know, I'll go back to what I've said a few times this year. I'm really gutted we lost Darian Beavers at the start of the season because he was a rookie. I was so, so high on him. I was high on him coming out. I was buzzing we picked him up. But uh, I think was it the fifth round or the sixth round we picked him up? I thought he was going to be like, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing him. And then to lose him before the, the season even started was a real shame. And, you know, I think linebacker is going to be a big, big 
need in both free agency and the draft. I think we're probably going to have to double the, the position in, in both the draft and free agency, in all honesty. Yeah, I, th- I don't think losing Leo for little stretches here and there, and obviously he's been dealing with a, a stinger that's really sort of affected him towards the end of the season, definitely hasn't helped. Um, there's only so much that Dexter Lawrence can do. And, you know, he came up against an absolute monster of a centre, arguably the best centre in football right now in Kelsey. I mean, that man is is something else. I mean, if his brother is one of the best tight ends in football, and I think he's got that centre position really sewn up. Um, and you know Dex gave as good as he got, but he just struggled to generate any pressure. And that's, you know, as as Shane said, the second Dexy went out and Ellis came in, Ellis got—I've never seen a centre stiff arm someone, but he did. He he just threw him to the ground, and I think that 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 there alone probably added a few extra mil on top of De- uh, Dex's contract that will come up at some point in the next sort of twelve months. It it's just not. It's not ideal. The other thing, especially in this game, you know, you speak about Landon Collins. I think Collins was only in for one snap, if I remember, if I look at the snap count, one snap. So we were basically totally reliant on Jared Davies and Jalen Smith. You know, Jalen Smith's been an absolute tackling machine. I, I haven't looked at the season stats. I would assume he is up there as one of our leading tacklers, but he's not quick enough for me. And I think that's his downfall when it comes to the run game is he's just not quick enough. And the amount of times we saw Tibbs be the man with the hustle and stop running plays, and it shouldn't be like that. I think next season we need to get... That needs to be a focus in the, either in the draft or in free agency. And then also, I think, um, you know, Wink will live and die by the sword. That's, that's the way he plays. But I think um, we also need to start setting the edge a bit better. I think that's one thing that we've struggled with. But having a rookie like Thibodeau out there who's still learning little pieces is, is probably going to contribute that to that as well. Yeah, I think first first thing for me, losing Blake Martinez in, in the off-season. Um, obviously, we were deciding to go to to leave the team and then go to Las Vegas and then ultimately retire. So there was obviously some sort of injury issue there that went sort of undisclosed and under the radar. Darian Beavers then injured, injury. You know, he was being... Um, touted as the new Mike linebacker after Martin has left and injury rules him out for the season. Job, you know, Tay Crowder, absolute disappointment and, and left the team. Like you said, Shane, our linebacking core is probably one of the not one of the, if not the weakest unit in the league. Um you know, in, in answer to your question, um, Craig, Jalen Smith was our second highest tackler behind Julian Love this season with eighty eight total tackles. So, you know, an absolute tackling machine. But that's what you expect from a linebacker. You don't expect a safety to be your number one tackler. You expect a, you expect a linebacker to be up there. And the fact that, you know, you look back at the previous uh, 2020 when Blake Martinez had a full season, he was a, by far and above our leading tackler. Um, and, yeah, having that depth, you know, that off-ball linebacker to just be that tackling machine is, I, I think, really where we've struggled most this season in terms of run defence. The depth on the defensive line as well, outside of um, Dexter and uh, Big Cat, after that it falls off a cliff. And so I wouldn't absolutely would not be surprised if we double dipped in um, draft and free agency with regards to getting in, a new, in, in new linebackers. I think we've got to. We've got to get in veterans that are 
proven in the league. And we've also got to get in um, new, young, exciting talent as well to back them up. Because I think out of the ones we've got, how many realistically are still going to be on this roster next year? Because none, you know, apart from Beavers, who obviously spent the year on IR, there ain't much depth there at all. So I think those two areas, absolutely, they're the... You know, the two main reasons as to why we've been so poor on run defence this year. And I mean, Winks tried his best, but you've, there's only so much you can do with the talent pool you've got. And it's just not been good enough this year. Um, all right, Shane. So what was your sort of, I suppose, key moment slash moments of the game? Where did it go wrong for you? Yeah, it went wrong very early on. Um, I mentioned about mistakes and that for me, there was one massive mistake on our first drive, going for it on fourth and eight. Um, didn't like the call at the time. I, I like aggressive calls, you know. I think um, Dave's went for it uh, on fourth down against the Vikings last week at least once, which I was in favour of in the midfield position. Um, and then obviously, you know, start of the season, we set the toll of that game against Tennessee. We went for the two-point conversion for the win fine with it, you know, let's set some aggressiveness and that, but I don't think it was the time to do it. Um, you know, I mentioned about mistakes and, you know, for me, I, I just didn't understand the logic. We hadn't moved the ball overly great. We'd had two runs by Saquon Barkley and then at the sack by Son Reddick and Josh Sweat on third day were, so fourth and eight, it was a case of, okay, well, either go for a long field goal, you know, let's look at it. We've got, a, we've got one of the best kickers in the league, top three, top five kicker. If you really, really don't fancy in weather conditions or whatever, just punt it. Worst case scenario, it goes out of bounds and the Eagles are going to um, begin on their 20 or hopefully you can get your punter to either pin him inside the 10 or not kick it out of bounds inside the 10. Um, and, you know, I, I just didn't understand the, the, the logic behind it. You know, the Eagles looked really, really good on that first drive. We've gone for it on fourth and eight, not converted it, and then we've given them a shorter field. The Eagles didn't need a short field. The Eagles are a good team and they don't need any help. So I just didn't understand the logic on it. And then, you know, you flip it to later on in the game, fourth and six, down 20-odd points, and we punt it. Like, what I don't understand what the, the logic was in, in either of those two decisions, to be honest. Craig, anything to add? No, I, I, I totally agree. I think we, we had a, a little Zoom call where we were watching it together. Um, and I think at this point, um, you were probably still getting ready to wake up before your nice early shift on I was uh, uh, on Sunday morning. I was still in bed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was just me and Shane who were on at the time and both of us were just completely d- dumbfounded by the decision. It just didn't make any sense. You know, I, I agree with everything that Shane has to say. Get points on the board. But I, I honestly think three points on the board at that point could have made some difference at least to the confidence of the offence as opposed to going in at halftime with nothing on the board. Yeah, I think obviously because I didn't see it live, but I sort of, when I did eventually wake up and sort of recap on the game, it baffled me as to why we would go for, you know, try and get, why would we go for it on fourth down when we're in the field position we are? Like you said, even if you punt it away, worst case, punt it away, you know, you're then giving them a potentially an 80-yard field, not a 40-yard field or however long it was. I get the, you know, wanting to be aggressive and, and set the tone for the game, but I would understand if it was sort of fourth and one, fourth and two, manageable distance. But a fourth and eight, and like you said, if the 
the offense hadn't particularly been fantastic up to that point was the confidence there that they that we would make it or, or I don't know I don't know it just it just wasn't the right decision at that point in time um with how the game was at that time I just think it just made no sense whatsoever and unfortunately we uh didn't convert in obviously allowed them to you know have a short field and and essentially go down the score yet again not long after that but yeah, not a great, not a great call by uh, by Coach Dable there, I think. And there was another thing as well, Shane. Not long that happened after that. Yeah, I mean, if you had to, if you if I, if I give you guys hundred quid each on Saturday night before the game, and I said put this on one player to have an interception, you probably would have put it on James Bradbury. In all fairness, it was always going to happen. It was like it was written in the stars. And again, I come back to mistakes, and it was a you know I don't know what quite happened to Slayton. Because I'll be honest, I've not watched the game back and I have zero interest in watching the game back, even highlights. Um, but it seemed to me like he slipped um, or he ran the wrong route or something like that happened. And again, it, it goes back to mistakes. Mistake going for it on fourth night on the coaching aspect. Mistake on the field in either slipping or running a wrong route. It's just them, it's them fine margins that when you get to, in my opinion, playoff, stroke, knockout football, in any sport in reality... They, these are the mistakes that you can't really have have happen, or if they're, they're going to happen, you you can only have one of them happen. We had two in our first two drives. It just you know straight after that for me, it, I kind of accepted it wasn't going to be our night. That really did set the tone. Essentially, once but once that Bradbury interception was made, it was kind of okay. It's not going to go our way today, is it? No, and I mean I might as well continue on from there and, and speak about one of mine. If we're on the subject of mistakes, I mean. We averaged seven missed tackles a game and decided to smash out 14, a season high, in the, you know arguably one of our biggest games of the season. Julian Love, who we've already spoken about, who led the, the team in tackles for the season, five missed tackles. I mean, it was probably his his worst game of, of, um, of the season. Um, again, 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 it just... It came at a bad time, but the whole defence just got overawed by the, the entire situation and it it didn't surprise me that as once we missed that first one that it just snowballed from there. The thing is, when I was watching the game, right, I was watching the the effort that Julian Love was putting in, and I was quite impressed. And I even I even said like in the group chat during the week when we were talking about players of the game, I think I'll go for Love. And the reason I changed my mind is because I actually have gone back and watched the game. And I realised how many tackles that guy actually missed. And I thought, I can't go for this guy that missed so many tackles. How can I call this guy's player a player of the game if he missed so many tackles? So, yeah, I ended up changing my mind. But, yeah, not a great showing. Missed tackles. At, at, at this level, in this game, in this situation, that's, I mean, it's basics. And, and you've got to get the basics right and get the basics in place to even have any chance of succeeding and they just didn't like you say it's basics it's not hard to wrap up like literally you get a guy hold on to him for dear life bring in Darren at least just slow him down until you can get some teammates to help you bring a guy down so you know for the, the tackling at times was just an embarrassment in all honesty it was like what on earth are they playing at here was it just yeah. me as well? And did it look like they were kind of going mad and hit stick and trying to go for you know deal out some punishment as opposed to kind of the fundamentals? Yeah, I think I think maybe they're trying. Maybe they're playing with a little bit of a, a chip on the shoulder, especially after the 
the big defeat early in the season as well. Maybe they wanted to get one up on him and, and just go all out and just try and hit him hard and, you know, not necessarily hurt him, but sort of make a statement. But again, at this point of the season, when there's a lot at stake, there's a lot on the line, get the basics right, you know, and and a lot of fans would have been a lot happier had they made those tackles and the score was a bit more respectable, even if we had lost, if the score was a bit more respectable and the tackles weren't, the missed tackles weren't so high, I think fans would have been a bit happier than what they were after the game because it wasn't a great show by the defence. Ego, ego tackling, we'll call it. Ego tackling, yeah, I'll go with that. I like that. Yeah. Well, we might as well carry on with the defence for our second point as well then. So, um, you know, zero sacks against the Vikings. Kind of thought that we might see a bit of a G up. Um, one this week, seven pressures. You know, might not have got sacked last week against, or the week before against the Vikings, but we had 21 pressures, put Kirk Cousins under constant duress and, and it helped secure us the victory this week. We just could not get, get near Jalen Hurts. And then, you know, you flip it round and you take Mr. All-Pro Andrew Thomas out of the game. The O-line's just not a match for the, the Eagles' defensive line. You know, they they just outmatched us on every single part. Reddick had a sack and a half. Cox, uh, Fletcher Cox had a sack. Josh Sweat had a sack and a half. Brandon Graham had a, a sack. Uh, Hassan Reddick, three quarterback hits. Cox, one quarterback hit. Josh Sweat, two. Brandon, one. You know, it's it was just every single person on that front four decimated us. And Jones just didn't have time. And and the rare occasion he did have time, no one was open. You know, the, yeah. it, it was the, just... The play wasn't there to make. Everything just... It all culminated really into a perfect storm that just meant that offensively we were inept. Yeah, I think we we I mean the the one touchdown drive we had in the second in the third quarter, I think we that, that on that drive it actually looked, you know, not bad, and we actually ran the ball quite well. And Barkley, that's when we saw Barkley picked up most of his yardage on that run on that drive. Apart from that, literally nothing on offense for pretty much entire the entire game. So, yeah, absolutely awful, dire showing on on offense and on defense and i mean the score looks a little bit inflated because obviously they got a, a touchdown in garbage time um but it's it's about right i think it's about where we where we are in comparison to the eagles as it stands at the moment like i said i'm i'm looking forward to darren beavers coming back next season and potentially having an impact on this defense um, there's a lot of moves coming that are going to be coming our way in, in the off season on, on both sides of the ball. Um, there's a lot of um, unrestricted free agents. Uh, there's a, there's going to be obviously rookies coming in. There's going to be uh, veterans leaving the team. There's going you know there's going to be it's the it's the off season. The, the it's a revolving door. But I'm excited to see what can happen and what improvements we can make on both sides of the ball because we need improvements on, on both sides of the ball um, anyway so lastly the last thing we're going to do is move on to our players of the game um, Kev went for Richie James uh, once again led the team in receiving yards with 51 on 7 catches from 10 targets uh, he had double the number of targets and the second most which was Slayton and more catches than 
all the other tight ends and receivers put together. I mean, again, that says it all. For him to have seven catches and have more than all the other tight ends and receivers put together kind of shows what sort of game it was. So, yeah, Kev went for Richie James. Um, I went for Barkley. Even though it was a quieter game than normal for him, he still managed to carry the ball nine times for 61 yards. 6.8 a carry, which is more than, more on average than uh, the Eagles had across the board. Um, and he had a long run of 39 yards as well. Add on to that, two catches for on three targets for 21 yards as well. So Barkley had a, a, a not a bad game, but not fantastic by his standards. Uh, who did you guys go for with your players game and why? So I went for Andrew Thomas, as I've already called him, Mr. All-Pro. Another stellar performance, really. Um, stood out on the offensive line, played a joint team high, 52 snaps, 35 of them in pass blocking sets. Gave up, did give up a sack, but it was the only pressure he gave up against, you know, the best passing or best pass rushing defence uh, in the league. Yeah, their, uh, their, pass, their pass rush was unbelievable, wasn't it? So... Andrew Thomas, I mean, what more can we say about him that we haven't said already this year? All pro, absolutely deserves it. Um, absolutely stud at left tackle. There's not much more not much more you can say. And I think he had a relatively good game in comparison to the rest of uh, rest of the line on, on Saturday as well. Uh, Shane, you're playing the game. Yeah, so I'll be honest, it was, it was a tough one. There were all many players that kind of stood out with performances in in all honesty. Um brought up to go for Xavier McKinney. Um, you know, he finished the game with seven tackles. He had a sack, he had a forced fumble, he had a pass deflection as well. And um after the first Philadelphia Eagles drive, he kind of caught the defense over, told the cameras to do one basically in the boom mic and everything. And you know, he kind of like seemed that like that one player who was kind of trying to make something happen at least. Um so you know I I think the, the guys you've all mentioned are great shout outs as well. And I, I've got to be honest, if I had to pick a fifth player of the game outside the four we've picked, I'd probably be struggling in all honesty. I, I think the four that we've we've all selected are pretty much spot on, to be fair. Um, and, you know, McKinney um, summed it up well at the, at the after the game uh, when he was clearing out his locker room. He said, you know, the, the defeat hurts, but he's proud of where the team's come and what we've got to look forward to, which is kind of what we, we said at the start of the podcast as well. Yeah, man, McKinney's a great shout. I think he had, like you said, those four between them were the the shining stars in in what was a a, a tough watch on Saturday. So, yeah, I think we uh, we called that absolutely right. Uh, that's the twenty twenty two season in the books. All that's left to do, you know, Coach Dable's rookie years done. All that's left to do is uh, let's look back some highlights of the year because there have been some highlights of the year, even after this last weekend. There have been many highlights from this year. Um, so what was your standout highlight of the season, Shane? Um, so for me, it's kind of, there's there's a few different ones, but they all mean the same thing. And that was meaningful football. You know, as, as a Giants fan, that's only watched losing season after losing season for the last few years. You know, it was amazing to have meaningful football in November, meaningful football in December, meaningful football on Christmas Eve, meaningful football in January, and then getting to the playoffs. So for me, it's kind of like a little bit of everything, but it's just them two words, meaningful football. It was nice not looking at the draft order in October and doing my scouting back then. I mean, you haven't got a draft board yet ready yet. 
Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> of course you've got a draft already. <laughs> what would be you if you hadn't? I have started looking, it's only been recently, whereas, you know, we've spoken in the past a bit. We've had draft questions when we've had mailbags, you know, middle to end of October. You know, usually we get to Halloween and the, the season's over for us. Yeah, it's very true. Um, no, you know what? That's, that's a great shout, meaningful football, because it's been a hell of a ride this season and, and to have these games like I said November, December even into January and to you know be still be playing football and have meaningful games at this time of year I mean we're on what the 24th of January today and it's only what three days ago that we were playing football so towards the end of January we're still playing meaningful football it's huge so uh, yeah like that one Craig? Uh, I'm going to get really sentimental here. So, uh, you know, get the tissues, boys. So, so my season highlight has been this, is joining you boys. So I'm going to say why, okay? So, <laughs> so so back in March, I did my first podcast with you. Um, I joined on for the sort of editing and general sort of structure of the pod. And I knew that finding my voice on the pod would be tough because I didn't, you know, I've never deep dived into this sport or this team. Over the 10 months since then, my knowledge in the game has improved tenfold. And that is mainly because of you three, because I get to listen to you every single week. Um, I settled in quickly. My passion for this, this team has soared. You boys encouraged me to take on the full 10 yards guide writing job which has led me on to the five things weekly article, which I know we all love researching and planning for the pod uh, and the articles have helped me understand players, positions and games in a way that I never knew was possible. And I found myself more comfortable doing exactly what I'm doing right now, which is talking on a podcast because of doing this every single week. Not only that, we had our meetups for the draft. We did London. We did London again recently for the Vikings meetup. And I found two more mates in Shane and Kev. Dan, you don't get a shout out because I've known you for 20 years. <laughs> um, and that's why it's my highlight because my season highlight is the opportunity to do this every week. So you mean I don't get a shout out for even suggesting you in the first place? Well, that's very true. You did uh, you did reach out to me. So you kind of are the catalyst for, for it, I guess. No. Oh, mate, I don't know what to say to that. Um Craig, you know I still got 50 quid for that. Yeah, 50 quid, please, buddy. Pay, <laughs> PayPal or Venmo, yeah? <laughs> Friends and family, yeah? <laughs> um, you know what? Um, yeah, we've been mates for a long, long time. Um, but it's been a pleasure getting you, having you on um, and integrating you into this podcast. And you know what? We wouldn't be where we are today without your help. Um you know, since you've come on in March, this this little project of ours has come on leaps and bounds. You know, back at back in the off season, I think we probably had three, maybe four hundred followers on Twitter. Yeah, you know, which was not bad. We've now almost hit twelve hundred, um, and the content you're putting out there, and everything you're doing for this podcast uh, is is absolutely massive. It's absolutely huge, and honestly, like. I don't know about you, Shane, but I, I can't thank you enough. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, and it's not, you know, I'm not saying you're going anywhere, but... It's been <laughs> Is, a, it it's been a, Is it time? Is it time? It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you in and, 
you know, taken this this little podcast to sort of new heights and it's only going to get better, really, isn't it? So, no, uh, appreciate that. As a... a secondary one for me is uh, seeing mine of Shane's smiley little faces on the uh, Cole Banks and uh, Bob Puffer podcast. That was a, a personal little highlight as well. All right, don't rub that in, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> don't rub that in. Um, no, I love it, Craig. And like I said, you're, you're, you're just as much a part of this podcast as well now than... Uh, than the other yeah, the three of us so you know you you fully 100% like part of this the part of this team so uh yeah it's great to have you on board man and uh you know roll on 2023 right apologies to any of our listeners who are in tears now <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's i'm sure there's plenty i'm sure there's plenty um i mean it wouldn't be right to for, to not mention um i know you you just mentioned it craig but for me the absolute highlight of this season was not just the the Packers game, uh, but the entire London weekend. Um, you know, I've been a Giants fan for, as you all well know, I've been a Giants fan for 17, coming on 18 years nearly. And this, the weekend we spent in London, um, uh, it was an absolute dream come true. And the activities that we did you know, we got we we got up to in london over that weekend thanks to this podcast is it's something i'll remember for the rest of my life um you know friday night you know invited guests to the eli Manning show um and obviously then spending the night in the giants pub saturday again watching you know in the giants pub in uh trafalgar square with bob Pupper and carl banks on the big blue kickoff Something I've listened to for years, the big blue kickoff. Again, dreams what the dreams are made of. And then the uh meetup at Wapping Tavern with the uh the UK Giants guys, um, having that evening where we were just it was hosted by us and what we expected what well co hosted by us, I suppose. Um we expected what maybe fifty fans to fifty people to turn up. I think uh, the the head the head count was closest to 200 um we pretty much drank the beer they drank the pub dry um they sold we sold them out of food and it was just an unbelievable evening of giants fans coming together in london um and it was something that we had co-hosted and something we had um advertised and it was again you couldn't really couldn't believe it and then the sunday every second of that game day was just absolutely immense even down to waiting for the train for ages at um, White Hart Lane Station. You know, I just couldn't have asked for anything more over that weekend. Um, and the best part of it was getting to spend it with you guys. Making me all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> just every, everything and more you could ever dreamed of in that weekend. And it was just, yeah, unbelievable. And yeah, spending it with you guys as well. Um, I mean, I know Shane, you were only down in London for the Sunday. But spending the Sunday with you at the game, you know, everyone's seen the video of us of us four going mad, singing about Saquon Barkley, and I mean that just that was that was just the the feeling what you got from that weekend. Just we were just all absolutely over the moon and so happy and just proud to be there. And it was yeah, what a great weekend that was. So yeah, that was my season highlight: London weekend, twenty twenty two, and we beat the Packers, which made it even better. And, yeah. and then the man himself retweets the video as well. Don't forget that bad boy. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. And the man himself retweeted and Shane had kittens. <laughs> ridiculous. No, but I echo everything both of you guys have said. You know, it's been great having Craig on board, especially the last sort of like just under 12 months. Um, and I still maintain, like, you know, it's still funny when I think about it that this podcast just started off with me putting a false Facebook post on, talking to two guys I've never met in my life before. And then, like, now, we literally, I think, I think we speak daily. Like, I don't Every think day. where one of us doesn't say something in the group chat. And, you know, still maintaining, you know, this is just a couple of, well, four lads that support the New York Giants just talking about it. And if people want to listen to it even better and if it presents the opportunities that it has, especially this season and potentially going forward, that that that's just a bonus as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, it's just so, you know, I just see it as myself and th- three mates, that's what I consider, all, all three of you, you know, close mates now, just talking ball and, you know, long, long mate continue. Right back at you, Shane. Right back at you. Yeah, bro. Kevs is a little less sentimental. <laughs> um, he went for, I mean, this is a long time ago this happened, but back in week one, um, Sterling Shepard made a pretty good catch, didn't he? And uh, Kev said he wants him back on a one-year deal, even though he'll be a free agent. He's still on the books for four million. So Kev wants him back in the I team. See, I see where Kev's coming from here. I think um, the the Shep catch, it's, it's really annoying because it doesn't stick in my mind too much because of the fact that I was having to follow on the ESPN app in the middle of Disney, which is still surreal to think about it. But if you think about it, that Shep catch was a catalyst, I think. And I think that that might be where where Kev's going with this, is that it's a catalyst for the season we've just seen and, and the progress that we've seen and the fact that we wouldn't have attempted something like that under the uh, draconian rule of uh, Garrett or uh, Kitchens. So... Yeah, mate. I mean, to be fair, I was very close to putting um, the two-point conversion play from the ti- from that Titans game because I think that was also another catalyst to this season. I mean, after after week one, it wasn't known as Brian Dayball anymore. It was Brian Dayballs because he had the balls to go for that to win the game. Um, that was another one of my highlights of the season. But yeah, I absolutely understand where Kev's coming from there. And I think it's a great shout. I think it's that that really sort of set the tone for the season and showed what this offense was capable of. Um, and obviously, it was, it was gutting that Shep went. Then not long after that, went out for the season. But every week since that injury, apart, I think, well, bar one week, um, every week he's been on the sideline and he's been our biggest cheerleader. So I'd love him to be back on the team. I think he's he just like us. He's giants through and through, and it, it'd just be so weird to see him even in another uniform, let alone playing for another team. So, yeah, I hope he comes back. Now, as it's the end of season extravaganza, uh, it wouldn't be complete without some award nominations. Um, And we have eight awards up for grabs. And we're putting the awards in our listeners' and followers' hands. So who receives those awards? It's down to you. It's down to the listeners. It's down to our followers. So Twitter polls will go up on Friday morning, and you can vote for your favourite in each category. Uh, voting will close on Monday and we will announce the winners in next week's episode. We have eight categories in total, like I said. And without further ado, the nominees for Most Valuable Giant are Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence. 
that's a tough that's a that's tough because any one of them four can get it and i just want to put a caveat on most valuable giant because we will come on to other player of the years most valuable giant is you take that man away we are not the same yes absolutely right it's not it's not the it's not necessarily the best player it's not necessarily the player who's had you know the most outstanding season it's the most valuable player to our team and like i said if you took that player away we wouldn't be anywhere close to what we are so yeah that's what that is cool shane next awards and the nominees please yeah so up next is offensive player of the year and the four nominees are daniel jones andrew thomas saquon barkley and wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins. It's another, another tough bunch. I love Hodgins in there. I think that's a great shout. Cool. Uh, Craig, next award and its nominees, please. So I am going the other side of the football. So Defensive Player of the Year. And the nominees are Dexter Lawrence, Big Cat Leonard Williams, Julian Love, and Adoree Jackson. I mean, it's tough, but I think there's... One stand out there. Um, next up, rookie of the year. Uh, we have Wondell Robinson, uh, Daniel Bellinger, Timon Fox, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Just on that, did you know that there's only one rookie that didn't miss any time due to injury this year? I did know that, yeah. Who, who mentally is that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Who was that? Michael McFadden. Yeah, I thought it might be him, actually. Yeah. yeah, the only rookie to not miss any time for injury, yeah. Mental. Absolutely mental. Um, so, yeah, obviously our rookie rookie class didn't have the best year in terms of injuries. But, you know, those four all had good years in their own right in the, in the games they played. So, yeah, there's our Rookie of the Year nominees. Uh, Shane, next award and the nominees for it. So we got disappointing player of the year. Some mm. names here I wanted to say out loud. One in particular. Uh, the nominees are Kenny Golladay, Mister Irrelevant Ty Crowder, Big Play Darnay Holmes, and Kadarius Joe Catone. I know where your vote's going already. Big Play Darnay Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Love for that. Kev. That is. <laughs> Love that. Um, I mean, yeah. Pick your winner out of them four, eh? <laughs> well, we could just name Kenny Golladay, the million dollar man. Yeah, yeah. The the 72 million dollar man. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh Craig, next award and its nominees. Uh so the next one is underrated player of the year. So that player who's not going to get into any of the other um categories, but really made an impact on this on the season. Um, and the nominees for that are uh Nick McLeod, Richie James Jr. Fabian Moreau and G Hardward. That's a tough one, that is. That's a great category, though. Uh, next up, we've got Game of the Year. Um, four games that stand out. So week one, the uh, win against the Titans. Uh, week five, Packers in London. Week 17, the blowout of the Indianapolis Colts. And then the wildcard weekend knocking those Minnesota Vikings 
out of the playoffs. Not just those Minnesota Vikings, but those 13 and 4 Minnesota Vikings out of the playoffs. Some cracking games there. And then lastly, last award, over to Shane. Yeah, so the final award is going to be Play of the Year. And the four plays which are up for a nomination is the Daniel Bellinger double reverse in London against the Green Bay Packers, the Thibodeau sack and fumble and touchdown against the Washington Commanders, the Landon Collins pick six against the Colts, and then last is the Saquon Barkley two-point conversion against the Titans in week one. Oh, again, great plays there. That's going to be an interesting vote. Um, nice. So, yeah, there's your awards. There's your nominations. Uh, remember, polls go live on Friday on our Twitter page and maybe on Instagram too. And uh, and you'll have all weekend to cast your votes in each category. So get voting. Um, so, yeah, 2022 is in the past and we've got a lot to look forward to this year. Uh, a sneak preview of what you can expect over the coming weeks and months is coming up for you. Obviously, we move into the off-season. There won't be any game reviews and previews, but don't worry. It's all good. Free agency is coming up very soon, so we're going to preview free agency and then, obviously, any moves that happen in whilst it's going on. And then, obviously, once free agency is finished, we'll do a bit of a roundup. Not long after as well, we've got the combine coming up. So, you know, end of February. You know, so we're only a month away from the combine. And then all the build-up to the last weekend in April, the 2023 NFL Draft from Kansas City, Missouri, including Kane and Chef's top pro- top prospects. Um, you know, can you, can you say that without the Kane, Kane and, and Chef? Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know who Kane and Chef are, but Shane and Kev, <laughs> that's the ones. <laughs> it's- we're in off-season mode already here. We absolutely are. We're in off-season. I mean, I've just come off a week of early. Yeah, I've been up <laughs> since four a.m. this morning. It's now nine thirty. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be my new names for you. All right, Kane. Hey, dear mate. Kane and Chev, get in. Uh, yeah, Shane and Kev's top draft prospects. Well, that will be coming for you very soon as well. Once Shane's done his research, though. Um, Shane, what else is coming? Enlighten us. Yeah, so just after that, we're going to have our draft reactions and grading uh, each pick, each round, whether we only end up making four picks for whatever reason or whether we end up making 12 picks, we'll be breaking them all down. Then we've got the rookie mini camps, which will be the first time we get to see the rookies in any sorts of New York Giants uh, uniform. Hopefully there won't be any problems with players' cleats this year or anything. And then any other news that may come out of New York, Strong, New Jersey. Yeah, man, it's a massive time of year, isn't it? Coming out of the draft, going into rookie beanie camps and, you know, just seeing them put that uniform on for the first time. It's always an exciting time. Uh, Craig, what else have we got coming? Uh, so we're going to get some guests on in the off-season. Um, we've got a few names lined up that we will reach out to and we look forward to bringing those to you. And then we want to put a spotlight on some of you as well. So... If you are interested in maybe either coming onto the pod or doing a quick 10-minute sort of monologue as to why you became a fan, et cetera, et cetera, make sure you reach out to us via DM and we'll get a list together and we hope to spotlight some of you guys across the off-season. 
And then finally, there are plans afoot to make this podcast even better for you. Whoa, hold the press, what? So more will be revealed in the next few months and we look forward to sharing those ideas with you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, going into our second full calendar year, going into our third season doing this podcast, we want to make it bigger and better and bigger and better than ever. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot coming for this podcast over the next few months. Um, so watch this space and stay tuned. Alrighty, now before we go, um, if anybody, I don't know, tuned in to Channel 5 around 10.45 on Sunday morning, uh, you may have seen some familiar faces or at least heard some familiar voices. Um, we were asked to record vlogs of ourselves to be included in a section of the NFL End Zone programme, um, which was really cool. Uh, it was great to be involved in it. Just a shame we'd already played the game and we were shown in the lead up to what were the highlights of the game. But it was cool. It was, you know, we are now sort of international TV stars. No, I'm joking. We're not really. Um, it was our five seconds of fame, more like it. Um, but unfortunately, they missed one of us out, didn't they? And I don't know if they were being a bit Irishist or they just forgot to put a clip in of him. But Kev didn't get in there. He missed the final cut. How unfair is that? It's, uh, it's a disgrace to, uh, you know, take away from the, the dulcet tones being shared with the masses. Yeah, man. Just how can they miss him out? It's like... Should it have been part of our contract that we signed with him? You, you have all four of us or none of us. Yeah. <laughs> Clause the A. Smart. Besmirched the name of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast by not including the Irish mark. Dan, you obviously didn't read that contract very well before you signed it. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> did read that contract. <laughs> I absolutely did. Yeah, just missing out the Irish part of the Big Blue Ireland, Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. What's going on with that? But no, it was it was cool. It was really good, and uh, it was really weird seeing yourself on TV. So yeah. If they, if you want to watch, go back and rewatch it. It's on uh, available on my five, I believe. Uh, it's called uh, sort of Channel Five's catch up player. Um, it's available to watch on there. NFL End Zone from the last Sunday just gone. And producer Craig is in the middle of writing his final piece for, I suppose, the season um, for the full ten yards. Uh, can you give us a sneaky preview of the article? And also, where can listeners find it? So, yeah, www.fulltenyards.com slash giants. Uh, I'm not going to give anything more than the five headlines that I'm going to go for. So, end of the line, lethargic start. The last appearances, question mark, off-season focus areas and the future. Ooh, end of the line. Sounds very ominous. It's very Metallica, isn't it? Absolutely. You've reached the end of the line. Death Magnetic. Oh, yeah. Um, now, well done, mate. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, we um, absolutely encouraged you earlier in the season, like you said earlier, to get involved with the full 10 yards um, season guide. And then it's it's led into you writing a piece for them every week. And you're doing some really great work with them, mate. You're doing some really great, um, writing some really great articles. Um, I've loved reading them. And you've clearly discovered you're in inner journalist because the articles have been top-notch, so really keep it up, mate. You're doing, you're doing a fantastic job. 
Yeah, we're um, obviously as we're going into the off season, that will be the last one for now. But um, I'm sure we will we'll be invited back by Full Ten Yards to write for their season preview guide, and I will be continuing next season. All going well. Fingers crossed for you. Um, all right, that is all we have time for this week, Giants fans, and for the 2022 NFL season. Uh, we'll be back next week to reveal who's won our end of season awards. Plus, we'll also round up all of the latest news as we get into the first full week of the Big Blue Off season, heading towards the beginning of free agency. And we'll probably also talk maybe a little bit about the championship game week, uh, championship weekend games that are coming up this weekend as well. Obviously, in the lead up to Super Bowl Fifty Seven in Arizona. Uh, anything else to add before we go, guys? Just as we've covered, we've got good things coming. Um, and if you haven't already, can you please make sure you rate, like, subscribe, leave reviews, retweet, and share the word. Uh, the podcast are going to get bigger from here, 100%. Yeah, it's been an amazing season, both for us and for the Giants. It's kind of gone in a very nice and um, kind of you know, mythical kind of tand- tandem of uh of upward trajectory so uh it's been an absolute pleasure and you know the work doesn't stop we go straight into the off season and uh we'll, we'll keep it rolling we absolutely will um yeah it's been a great season hasn't it really um you know many highs some lows as well but all in all um pretty damn good pretty damn good uh remember to subscribe uh to get our latest updates uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just search for Big Blue UK and Ireland. Uh, you can also find us on the New York Giants Fans UK Facebook page. And also, lastly, get in touch with us via email, bigblueukirl at gmail.com. Now, this time last year, the New York Football Giants has come off their fifth losing season in a row and their sixth four win or less season in the last 30 years. Joe Judge was fired as head coach, along with GM Dave Gettleman leaving the organisation. The outlook for 2023 looked bleak, but when the Buffalo Bills allowed not just their assistant GM Joe Shane to make his way to the big city, but their offensive coordinator Brian Dable too, suddenly there was a sense of optimism in the organisation. Considering the dire position the team was in terms in, in terms of cap space and the likes of James Bradbury, Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers leaving the team soon after, the outlook wasn't great. Adding to the mix, Joe Shane declining Dan Jones's fifth-year option and then Mike linebacker Blake Martin is leaving to join ex-DC Brown, um, Patrick Graham in, in Las Vegas. You'd be surprised to hear any Giants fan thinking 2022 would be anything but a total rebuild. However, what followed was nothing short of incredible. When the season kicked off, all we wanted was progress. Progress from the last five years of mediocrity and awful football. This team stuck together, created an unbelievable culture led by Coach Dable and proved to not just the fans, but to their many critics too, that they weren't going to sit back and be walked over. A 9-7-1 record followed, and at the end of it, the unthinkable, a first playoff berth in six years. While the team didn't go as far as most most fans had hoped, the positive signs are there that Joe Shane and Brian Dable, along with the coordinators Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale, however long they're around for, are building not just a damn good team, but a team that we as loyal fans can be proud of. So to Joe Shane, coaches Dave Kafka and Wink, thank you for giving us a season that was way more than we could imagine. 
To Shane, to Kev, to Craig, thank you for joining me in this rollercoaster of a season and being the three best damn guys I could talk all things Giants with. And to you, the listeners, thank you. Thank you for interacting. Thank you for following. And thank you for tuning in. We're signing off for 2022. Until next season, 